Empire of the Sun. Suns. Empire of the Suns. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Arizona Sports presents the Empire of the Suns podcast. Empire of the Suns. Hello there, and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kevin Olson, joined as always by Kevin Zimmerman. No cameras in here, Kevin. I'm comfortable. Again, not thrown off at all in the slightest. Feeling great. How are you, pal? I'm good. Um, We're in a lull here between some football season. Oh, we got to talk about the uh, the Mm. FIBAs. There's some basketball overseas happening. I'm not even joking when you say a lull. It's like we were in a lull three weeks ago, but now we've actually got um, really great basketball involving NBA players that that's on our screens right now. Uh, if you are interested, if you are basketball heads like Kevin and I, Eurobasket starts uh, a week from Friday. I believe that's September second, or a week from, or it'll be this Thursday. So it's uh, September second, September first, one of those two. Yeah. Uh, and it's a really, it's one of those tournaments where you hear that in your head and you're like, okay, so like the United States is not involved and it's like, well, think about the game right now. It's like Giannis is there. Jokic is there. Doncic is there. We just saw Jokic and Giannis play against each other in a world cup qualifier. And it's like the amount of international talent in the world. And then if you're like a U of A fan listening and you loved cats talk, you've got Kirk Kreese on Estonia jawing with Luka Doncic. And then they lost by like 35 or, or whatever. I, Incredible. Our, our point guard. I wish I could have bet on that somewhere. You know, like if I would have saw that Estonian Slovenia were playing, I would have just quote tweeted and been like, Dude, Oh, Kerr's going to jaw with Luka. He jawed 100%. with Luka, got blown out and then doubled down on it in the post game presser. Like, this is a college kid just being like, we got in Luka Doncic's head after Luka annihilated. It's not that hard to either, basically, is what he said. And it's like just a junior. Kirk Risa also took 11 shots, and none of them were two pointers in that game, by the way. Talking about one of the however many best players uh, in the NBA. But yeah, those, I don't know where those games are going to be available to watch exactly. And then we've got. qualifiers for the World Cup uh, pretty much everywhere. So that was the European qualifiers I mentioned with Giannis and Jokic, but there are qualifiers happening in Africa too. Uh, Josh Okoji was playing for Nigeria today. He had a big game. Ish Wainwright has been playing for Uganda. I've been tweeting for about that a little bit. So the basketball season is kind of picking up here for a couple of weeks, and then we'll get sort of two dead weeks, and then we'll be at media day, and, and we'll be off and rolling. Uh, I expect Kevin that this will be our last podcast before the week of media day. We'll see as we've been talking about on the podcast for a couple of weeks now, just in terms of housekeeping and, and all that kind of stuff. We were just kind of playing it by ear for this off season, kind of seeing how it went, where moves happened, where they didn't happen coming back when we needed to. And at a certain point, you and I both kind of felt like we do need to just kind of review their off season and not do it like the week before hey, media day. Guess, you know why we're here doing that now? Because uh, Kevin Durant is not going to be traded, apparently, right now. I forgot. Cibu- that feels like it happened like oh, three weeks ago, and that days. was two days ago. ago. Yeah, yeah this summer has gone by slow, <laughs> uh, to say the least. Did you have any thoughts on that at all? I, I wasn't even going to bring it up. I didn't even well, think about it. Well, I mean, that's up. kind of... It kind of more confirms like why we're going to... Sh- podcast this week which is the roster seems pretty set um and we'll talk about what Monty said a little bit today on Sirius X and NBA radio about the Durant situation very brief clip that was put out there but yeah I think 
the Durant stuff's not surprising. Um, There's no reason for things to move forward, and it was an unprecedented um, situation where he has four years on his deal, and the team did the right thing and tried to save it and, and make this work itself out. And I will just say that if they get off to a weird start, Kyrie's being wonky, Ben Simmons doesn't play anymore, Kevin gets... I, I, I'm I not surprised that Kevin Durant wants to just play basketball anywhere, but I, I think he could still get upset about the bad things happening around him if there are indeed weird, bad situations with his teammates. So, could crop up again. Not putting that past us here. I'm just surprised that it ended this way for the Suns specifically. Everything we can interpret from the reporting and, and all that kind of stuff and just hearing things is that the Suns didn't offer that offer that we've been talking about or the something close to that. Like if, if I had to guess on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the max offer that they could give them, which they were in a unique position of outside of Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Of course, here's like the best thing they could offer for Kevin Durant, which was four first, three swaps, Bridges, Crowder, Cam Johnson, and then probably a fourth player as well. So that's like Shamit or Sarge or Payne or Craig or whatever. For, for Kevin Durant, if I did like, if that's a 10 and a one is like the worst offer possible, I would <laughs> guess they probably offered like somewhere between like a, a five to seven. Like, I, I don't even think they got really super duper serious in terms of getting to the offer that they needed. And that's something that I wrote about a couple of weeks ago, which is that would they abandon their team building principles in terms of depth and in terms of all that kind of roster building principles like I like I just phrased it as in order to land Kevin Durant and I don't think they were now it's interesting if they offer that would Brooklyn have even accepted I don't think so I'm not sure no, I don't think so either um you and I that's why I think the, well, the third team fourth team were so important and it's just hard to hard to guess at what even they tried in that regard you and I podcasted the, I believe this news didn't come until the podcast after the Durant news. Like we did one the day of and after, and I just kind of told you and, and our listeners, I was going to be surprised if Mikel Bridges or OG and Anobi at the time, like John Collins was getting mentioned at the time. And it was just like, I would be really surprised in terms of like a three team, four team trade where Deandre goes here and then OG and Anobi goes there or whatever. And all that, I would be very surprised if one of those guys winds up being the best player in a Kevin Durant deal. And I just really couldn't get past that. It felt like Deandre, Deandre and Mikel together, Deandre and Cam Johnson together was like a, a pretty good base of a deal, but like the base of the deal just wasn't anywhere besides Boston and the Jalen Brown thing for a little bit. So it, it was really semantics all the way around, in my opinion, and we just never really got anywhere close, it sounds like. Gambo no. was reporting that they haven't talked for a couple of weeks anyway. So, yeah, man. Uh, I I don't... I'm surprised right now. Do you want to kind of just transition into their, their off-season yeah. review and, and where they're at? So just to say it off-rip so we don't... Uh, outwardly go negative here because I was the person who said on this podcast or in, an, in a radio interview, I believe on this podcast, that I won't give them a passing grade uh, for this offseason unless they add like a pretty, a, a ball handler who figures to be pretty significant in their rotation. Uh, they haven't added a ball handler, not one. So 
that that speaks for how I, the tone that I'm going to bring. Just in case, if if you're not if you don't want to hear negative opinions on on the excellent basketball team in the last two years, you know you know where to turn it off. We'll see you next week. We'll see you never. <laughs> I, I don't know. But to start with the positive, they got the business done that they needed to get done in terms of Devin Booker, super max, great. We wrote a four part series on on the website, I believe. Part one was DeAndre, and it's like you just need to figure this thing out. Kind <laughs> they, they, they <laughs> they of, they kind of flub it completely. They kind of did, but at the same time, it was uh, DeAndre not getting the money that he wanted. And I, again, to repeat things we've talked about, which we're going to do a lot in the next 15, 20 minutes, we're talking about this. He, he didn't get the money that he wanted, but he got a lot of money. And I believe there is a difference there. I don't think you can just say, oh, he's got $130 million. You had nothing to complain about. It's like, well, you, you should get paid what you're worth. I believe that in any form. If you're making $40,000 a year, if you're making $400,000 a year, if you're making $40 million a year, you should just be getting paid what you're worth and what you believe you're worth. And we know what DeAndre believed he was worth last October. That didn't come to fruition. So we'll we'll see. But I'll, I'll, I'll still check that box. I'll still check that yeah. box. They figured out what's happening at center. They got DeAndre in great. Booker Supermax, you wrote about. Got that done. Cool. Cam Johnson's extension. We'll see. Still lots of time. Lots of time. That is this October, I believe, some date in the middle there. So they got plenty of time. And then part four is the one we're really going to get into a lot, which is just changing the dynamics of the roster, looking to add something new. And uh, there really aren't any qualifiers there. And I spoke on this podcast around the Durant time, I believe the week of week after and said something to the effect of, I'd be really surprised if they don't have like contingency plans in place just in terms of upgrading the roster. And I just thought there was going to be, I don't want to say I thought there was going to be because it's just me interpreting things, but I do not uh, see a lack of, I see a lack of urgency from them to address their roster based on the way this offseason has gone. Uh, and that, to me, is surprising. I, I really thought that they would see what needs to get done on this team. I feel like it's pretty black and white. There, I am one to always endorse areas of gray. They know better than us. They're in the building every day. We're not. But I think it's pretty black and white here what this team needed to do this offseason, and, and they just didn't. They haven't gotten it done yet, to be clear. It is yeah, yeah, yeah. August 26th, 2.19 p.m. right now. They haven't got it done just yet. I think I might end up playing more positive in this conversation than you um, for a couple reasons. That's one where it's like trades do happen. Like what was Pat Bev trade yesterday to the Lakers? That's fairly significant, fairly significant player. The Donovan Mitchell stuff, the John Collins stuff, if that's still, I don't know if that's still simmering somewhere. Um, If big players get moved, there could be other teams with, you know, secondary players that maybe the Suns see like two teams trying to get a deal done. They're like, oh, Eric Gordon's going to f- make this trade go through if we take him and we give up a contract that's expiring. Yeah, let's help the Donovan Mitchell trade because they need money to move around. Um, I-, I think there are ways to get involved there still. And if we're going further long term, I, I don't think it's the worst thing to be like super continuity is fine. Like, I, I don't think this team's like a step closer to a championship at all, which is where we're, you're saying like that definitely it's a 
not a really passing grade right now, but if you go into December, January, beginning of February, I, I don't think they're going to be in a bad spot. I think they might be top five seed in the West. They're going to look up and say, oh, the Clippers are that much better. Oh, the well, the Lakers that much better. I don't know. Are the Nuggets that much better? Warriors are still great. And I think that point there will be opportunities or Kevin Durant is pissed again, like I said, and <laughs> they haven't done anything to substantially gut their roster to get Eric Gordon where they can go get Kevin Durant again. So I, I don't see being patient is necessarily bad here. Um, and I, I do see they have comfort in their core guys carrying them and winning lots of games as they figure it out. And then maybe there's Jordan Clarkson is on the trading block or whatever. I don't know. Like things like that are going to happen. So I think right now where we just don't have, you can't go out and say there are like five guys that they could go out and get to make. Yeah. Yeah. Dennis Schroeder could, they have that taxpayer mid-level that they could use on him. That like, definitely that's something that you could say, go do that. You need to do that now. Um, but as far as like, if there's nothing out there, there's nothing out there. And I do think that until the trade deadline, there's time to take that next step. If you want to be competing for a championship, which questionable right now with this roster, I think as far as being confident, they go deep again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, just a couple of things first on, on the, just the very last note. I think it has to be championship or bust mentality yeah, with this. For sure. It just has to be. Yeah. So knowing the position you're in as a team right now and to what you said, I don't think you can be satisfied with that. And and that's why I'm so why the whole like not a passing grade thing is is so aggressive and just direct because it, it this team needs just a couple changes that they are I believe capable of doing. They have all of their future first round picks. Again, there are not contenders that are normally in this position where they have all of their picks because usually they're trading them to upgrade the roster and and so on and so forth. They are in a position right now where they have these picks and, and the reason for holding on to them again, to maintain flexibility and to be able to, I wrote about it this week and said, it kind of feels like if they stand pat right now, it feels like they've just been trying to too hard to juggle two windows at once and that's where you can really get into trouble because i believe if you have a real shot at a championship which i still maintain that they do this season even if they run it back this is not me saying this current team as constructed right now can't win a championship it can it's just a whole lot of things need to go right and it it kind of feels like a much 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 better version of how we're talking about the Cardinals this year, which is like, okay, well, if one of the two third round picks turns out to be an edge rusher, and then if Antonio Hamilton turns out to be an adequate <laughs> cornerback, and then if on the inside, like Stephen Collins figures it out, and if the Isaiah Simmons things works at star linebacker, you know, if you get that change of pace of running back from Darrell Williams that you need, if Hollywood Brown is the, if the left <laughs> guard that they just traded for, which doesn't seem like a great sign, is actually like a starting capable <laughs> left guard. They just gave him up for a fifth round pick, though, so I don't think he's, but if he's a starting cap there are too many I'm going to start to add on ifs with this team a lot when we're looking at it going forward and optimism last year was just hey here's a column or a, a post an analysis whatever Mikel's a 3 and D player at, he might be a 3 level score actually wrong 3 we're talking about here 
DeAndre, everything I wrote about in terms of him like being involved in the offense, that was just optimism and just looking at a young player projecting them and, and getting better and all this kind of stuff. And now they turn into necessities almost for this team. And that's where I start to worry. And I think the place where we disagree and where I'm going to disagree with a lot of people is I've been making this point about KD, but I feel like it's important with other spots too. If you know that you've got questions about other spots on the position on the depth chart, I don't understand upgrading them and saying well we'll wait like 20 games and see and then if we need to make it the move in january we will i just think that's really undervaluing um underrating how difficult it is to have a major piece added to your team yeah um because someone like shamit for example it's like shamit needs to be bringing the ball up in preseason like he needs to be bringing the ball up in training camp he needs to be bringing like they need to start to work on that part of his game more because it worked incredibly well for one playoff game the other two it didn't go so well outside of that we barely saw him do that at all it's like he needs to be working on that like stuff like immediately and i'm sure he is and like we heard cam johnson kind of being uh, direct, not direct, but just kind of alluding to how I've heard the noise about like how we need more on the ball stuff and we need on a score and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, I did that stuff before. Like I can, I can do that stuff as an NBA player now. I think you kind of work yourself into a trap if you add something significant in January when you could have just done it in October. And that's not to say adding someone in January, February, like doesn't like won't work out. But I just don't understand the logic in waiting a couple of months. And that's that's me. That's my if if I had to be if I'm optimistic or pessimistic, I'm obviously being pessimistic here. The Suns are being optimistic. Well, Cam Payne was one of the three best backup point cards in the league two years ago. You said it yourself, Bozo. So why can't he just be <laughs> that again this year? You were the one who wrote about how Monty Williams could unlock Landry Shaman and just find this part of his game that no one else has. Why would he not be able to potentially do that again this year? You're the one who writes about Jay Crowder's value over and over again and tells how great he is and tells how he makes all the little winning plays. Like, why doesn't that matter all of a sudden? So I, I just think that doesn't dissuade from the yeah. fact that there are problems there still with the team and i say problems so confidently and with concrete lathered all over it because it's two straight postseason eliminations where we've seen the same thing come up against them it's three core things which we'll get into and all three of them have have not been addressed so far let's take it this direction maybe so i think at the very beginning of last year where it was a little rocky there were signs like cam johnson was taking dribble dribble pull up two pointers there were little things where landry was working in the mid-range mikhail doubled his mid-range attempts last year yeah on yeah um but like for most of those guys it was like oh they're really trying to do new things and then as they struggled at some point they just snapped out of it went back to how they played the year before which is fine because they obviously won a lot of games but where I guess from James Jones and Monty Williams's perspectives, and I know James Jones kind of thinks like in big picture, like how do we make ourselves better, right? Mm-hmm. Like they hired the new assistant GM to to reorganize how they think and how they operate, maybe and challenge themselves, which I think is good. But Mutombo hiring makes a, a lot more sense now. Yeah. It, it made sense before, to be clear. He seems to be an excellent coach from everything we've heard, but he's specifically like a player development guy, spending time with Toronto's G League team, and it's like, yeah, they're yeah. going to need more. Internal development's going to be a big so, thing for them if this is I think from a big picture perspective, are the leaders like James and the coaching staff saying, all right, regardless of what you think about the roster or what I think about the roster, 
with the guys we know we have and we've had a couple of years now, can we do something a little more radical than we've done before in between seasons where it's like, oh, we're going to run an offense through DeAndre to help Chris Paul or something like that. I don't know if that's the best solution. It's just an easy thing. Do we start Cam Johnson to space the floor a lot better and give you an elite shooter with that starting group, which is going to piss off Jay Crowder, but might make him, you know, an energy bench guy and help both of them and help both units? Are we going to do things a little more aggressively differently, even with the pieces we have, to make this team like evolve and get better and that's just the most interesting question for me is like are they going to do that or just to be like no like chris and devin will figure it out i don't think you can say chris and devin will figure it out that's a now. good point because i think chris and devin are who they are not that devin's going to get worse or chris is even going to get old and worse or whatever but i just think that we know what types of players they are and you need to build stuff around them to make them not tired and carrying everything at the end of the season because that whole playoff run this time around was that. Um, when the Suns hit the finals two years ago, it was Devin Booker carrying too much. So, which goes back to our point of they need someone else to help him. So I, I just think I'm curious to see how long they try to do different things and not just cut it off after four or five games into the regular season if it's not the cleanest, and if they really commit to being like, all right, we're, we need to make changes internally. It's a really good point, and that's something I think that's the way we're going to have to kind of think about analyzing the team at the start of the season and season previews. Is like, okay, how can you like change things while still being the same group? I'm writing a Dario thing that I'm excited about that's going to come out next week, and in it, I wrote something, and it was like, oh, that's right. They've got a handful of players who have been with Monty since the start. Uh, Chris is not one of them. Campaign is. Uh, Mikel is. DeAndre. Devin. Dario is another one as well. Where this is now year four under Monty's system. And specifically to your point, like DeAndre, Devin, Mikel, that's three of your five starters right there. Uh, Jay too, actually, to be clear. Or Wait. He I, no, 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 no. Here, yeah. No, yeah, you're right. Three of your but five three. starters have been there. So like you have the continuity and like the stability in place to explore those types of things. I think the main place where both of us come from in different ways is I'm saying don't get comfortable from a roster building perspective. Like what don't get you're saying don't get comfortable schematically if if you keep it the same or not even schematically but just like philosophically. I think you can't be comfortable both philosophically yeah, yeah. and and you and we're arguing I, timelines I guess but yeah well we both agree on I agree with what you're saying you agree with what I'm saying but just kind of in different time slightly and yeah. slightly different ways too uh this whole thing kind of just reminds me of when Rubio got traded one of the big things I kept hammering was that when he and Booker were on the floor together they were outscoring teams by I think like 9 to 11 points per 100 possessions or something. And it was like, that is a top four seed like starting lineup that you've got basically from that production standpoint. It's just when you got to your bench and everything or when you mixed a match to the guard, it all went to crap. And that's where I just, I pulled up the net ratings for the Pelican series and they outscored the Pelicans by eight points per 100 possessions when Chris Paul was out there. He just had to play 37 minutes. And, and again, part of that was 37 minutes a game. And part of that, again, was Devin Booker got hurt. I understand. But to those three things that I mentioned, one of them is just we've learned that Chris breaks down in two straight postseasons now. 
Do you want to treat that as something that will absolutely happen no matter what? This postseason, I don't think you should, but you need to be ready for it and try and prevent it as much as possible. We're going to talk about this more, I think, media day, preseason, things like that, but if he's playing 70... I I messaged you the other day. I was watching... Dario clips from two years ago and I was like man like Chris looks faster like I know I know I know things happen fast in the league when you're at that age but he looks like faster and I was telling you like he just he should play 60 games like that maybe mm-hmm. that's it it's like yeah the Thunder were onto something when they had that PowerPoint with him when he came in and said like this is the plan we have to hold help you hold up and all this kind of stuff and the amazing thing is that it it doesn't really happen until like the very end because Chris has still been an All NBA caliber. Not he's been an All NBA player for three straight years, but he's broken down in two straight postseasons. I think that is I. It's either that or he's not performing in in the clutch in big playoff moments when it matters. I'm not choosing to go down that road. I'm choosing to go down the health road because we know that there have been injuries for. So how do you? Try and prevent that as best as possible. Well, you have certainty behind him, and then when you do give him nights off, which I I would be, I don't want to read into anything because they haven't been giving him nights off. But I would be very surprised if he's not getting nights off next year. Um, you need to have guys in place that you feel confident about. Well, right now, Kevin, if Chris Paul takes the night off, they've only got one ball handler off the bench. <laughs> so, it's like, yeah. so something's got to be happening anyway. And, and Dwayne Washington Jr. will factor into the guard rotation in that reality, I guess. But there's, I imagine like this roster is just not completely set right now. That would, that would not make sense to me. Yeah. Um, because again, they're really loaded at wing, which is a good thing for them. And it's a bad thing for them. And right now it's a bad thing just because they don't have enough ball handlers. And, Two, the the other thing that we got to is that they just need more ball handlers. They just need more of them. They need a little bit more variety there. And look, maybe that's just Shamit doing it all year now instead of at the very end of the year. Maybe it's Mikel doing it more. I'm not. Maybe it's Cam Johnson doing it more. But I think that you and I agree that that goes one and two go hand in hand. You just grab grab a guard who can slot in for Chris Paul on Wednesday night in Portland for the second game of a back-to-back and then grab that guard who can play 12 minutes. This was the, this is the Eric Gordon point. Of course he can play eight minutes one night. He can play 24 minutes the next night. Like he'll be stable. That kind of guard presence that we've talked about now for, I think 18 months at this point about this team. And they don't have that source right now. I thought it was going to be campaign, uh, two postseasons ago, and it pretty much was. He was awesome until the finals, and it was like, remember when he hadn't played with Chris like all year, pretty much. Yeah, there were injuries and things like that, and then we saw it in the Lakers series. We saw the the lineup that I wrote about. I was really excited about, which was Chris, Campaign, Mikel, Cam Johnson, and Dario. I think. Yeah, it was basically Something the foursome like of Cam Johnson, Dario, Campaign, and Chris Paul, and we just hadn't seen it pretty much all year because of injuries and stuff. And campaign being in that role, again, internally, like you're saying, maybe it comes internally, we'll see. But those two go hand in hand. And then three is kind of attached to two. They just need another a primary option offensively. And I mean primary. I'm saying like, Mikel, four and, the next four and a half minutes, like we're running things through you, buddy. You're Maybe you're bringing it up. Maybe you're curling around the elbow like the whole 
Yeah. String down, and they've done that occasionally. They've done that occasionally with DeAndre Ayton, but they haven't done it enough. And I, I, I'm bringing up guys on the roster now instead of like possibilities for trades and stuff because to paint the picture of this could happen internally, like with the team. It could. Because I don't want to... Does it seem the most appealing, though? No, it, yeah. it does not, because we've seen it for two straight years not work out in, on the biggest, in the biggest moments. And you're asking Mikel to do all that on defense, and it didn't show up on the offensive end, even just as a scorer, um, for, aside from that one awesome game he had. So, I, I don't know. It's, it, felt, it felt strange to criticize Mikel's play in the Dallas series, just because we had never come across a stretch of play from him where it felt like he needed to be criticized yes he needs to be aggressive more but the overall wasn't his fault the overall plus that he was like regardless of how things were working and just how he and then again part of it wasn't his fault they were switching him off should he have said f that i almost (laughs) actually cussed like is mikhail bridges the guy to be like f that i'm not switching anymore i'm curious if like next season he's going to be like no i'm not doing this i don't think he's that person but like do you think tony allen would let luca go out like that and then get switched off of him to be cool with it like tony allen would be fuming patrick beverly would be fuming regardless of what you think about patrick beverly he would be i guess he's always fuming my point is though like yeah i i guess my point is it wasn't really mikhail's fault really that much well, to go back to that number three and just yeah. offensively and just needing more, I don't think you can expect them to fill it at Mikel's spot. I don't think you can yeah. expect them to fill it at DeAndre's spot with, with certainty, at least with absolute certainty, just in the same way I'm talking about the backup point guard position, the other ball handlers on the team, that kind of stuff, which is where you go to Jay's spot. And to repeat what I've said for two months now, like this is an indictment of the way the Suns have developed in the last few years and how they're just coming up short. It's not an indictment of Jay as a player. He should not be expected to score more. You should be able to have a player like Jay Crowder on a championship team, and they nearly had it, of course, and he was awesome in the Bucks series, and he was awesome in the Mavericks series, which is the irony in all of this, is that the two series I'm focusing on were the two series where he was awesome. But that's the most obvious spot where you can take a hit on defense, you can take a hit on just con- like continuity and .5 stuff and just get someone who scores the ball a bit more. And I think it needs to come with a level of gravitos, Kevin, if I'm saying that right. I definitely didn't because we're looking at Gambo's report like they're looking into a backup post up power forward, whatever that means. And you and I are uh, making jokes in IMs about Carmelo Anthony. I don't know. I instantly I instantly thought of LaMarcus Aldridge when I saw that. Mm -hmm. Um that's not what we're talking about. That's not... An, it needs to come... You and I ended this whole thing when we got done with the Dallas series a week later and basically said it needs to be the top six, seven, eight of the roster. It needs to change pretty... pretty Not dramatically, but change in some kind of way. We just kind of assumed it was going to be DeAndre. It, it wasn't. Uh, and all of this, Kevin, is without talking about the dynamic of the team and if it has changed at all with what we watched which i rehashed in my column about kevin the kevin durant pursuit i'm pr- pretty sure a lot of people read that and w- were 100 words in and just stopped reading because they're like i don't want to hear about the playoffs again man that sucked i don't want to hear about it <laughs> as a fan i understand that but we just completely you and i i i wrote in the piece it was tedious talking about them 
and you were yeah. you were you lucked out you were gone for the Dallas series so you didn't have to talk about it on the podcast <laughs> and after the losses I would be talking to Vince Marauder Dave Burns or part. Max and uh, David or Sam and Mike and I was just like yeah man I don't know I don't I don't know who these guys are. I don't know so it felt like those three bullet points would help with the I don't know part which is like changing a little bit of something up and nothing is nothing has gotten changed up. So the, all of that is my long-winded, as usual, way of saying, like I just think they've had a bad off season. I don't think it's been good, and I really hate the fact that we've got another team that is. I I would pick them right now. We're going to get to this. We're going to run through the Western Conference in the second half of this and play our game that we did two months ago. Yeah. I would still pick them to finish first in the West right now in the regular season. Huh. I, I'm going to, huh. it looks like. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> uh, after everything he says there. But I think they could, they, there is a possibility they could lose in the first round. I'm not going to say they will, but there's actually a possibility. And me saying that is telling me that three months ago, or I guess five months ago, whatever, before the playoffs started, telling me at the end of the regular season last year that. I would go into the next year thinking there's a possibility they could lose in the first round. Again, these were the world beaters, 64 wins, title favorites. I would have been like, okay, like DeAndre left, obviously. They replaced him with like no one, and then someone got hurt. Like, that's what I would yeah. assume. But it's a deep conference. I will say this about their additions. If they made these additions and are like, we're going to like throw Josh Kogi out there to fight people and. Damian Lee to like just piss off people and they yeah I'm glad you're saying this they're adding some element of like we got pushed around too much we need our bench guys to like bring this attitude and just like knock out drag out if we're not having the best offensive game then you're gonna have to score on us when we're beating you over the head if that's like a part of an identity change I'm for that but that doesn't fix the if you're going to win a championship you need some more guys who can dribble the basketball all right continue let's do you want to go into the well no it, 30 seconds yeah okay. we're doing off-season review yeah. i like all those additions for the back third of the rotation yeah yeah yeah. i got my infamous damian lee tweet from warriors fans roasting me and me just saying hey he seems like <laughs> a great guy for 10 through 15 and everyone's just like he's not athletic and not all this I think he's I think he's an NBA player. I think he's a solid NBA player. I think Akoji has NBA skills. Like if the three just gets a little bit higher, we're seriously talking about a guy who could play for them a lot next year. And to your point, we've seen this with Steven Adams. I know I know Kiwis, Aussies, all that kind of stuff, but like those guys just like the way they play aggressively and annoyingly, it just like gets to people. And and like Steven Adams, by all interpretations, the most delightful guy in the world. But you just see him getting like a mix up every five games because he's just physical and annoying and yeah. just like, oh, you may. I can't believe I did that out loud. I can't believe I did that out loud. Okay. I, and Jock Landale is going to do a little bit of that. I was watching Spurs stuff. I'm going to watch more in, in the next couple of weeks of his minutes. And he's got that in him, too. We know. Ish, Don't fight Bismack Biombo. No, uh, we know Ish has got that and, and so on. And. Yeah, they're getting Dario back. We'll talk about that more. Media day, preseason, things like that. But yeah, I, uh, I'm i I'm surprised. That's just the way I'll put it. I'm, I'm yeah. surprised. And, yeah, I know. Yeah. And we've got uh, the Beverly trade just indicated 
Like we've got a couple more things here to go. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell still needs to get traded. That seems like it's a lot more of a sure thing than Kevin Durant was. Like I just am assuming that he's going to get traded, especially with Patrick Beverly's arrival in LA. It does not seem like Russell Westbrook is long for the Los Angeles Lakers. But then again, if there was any we had support of him, if there was any wild organization that just does some crazy stuff a lot, the Lakers would try and make that work. And they come out of media day and just say, yeah, we had a long talk and we're we're cool now. Yeah. We think about the game the same way, all that stuff. Oh, boy. We played a game, my good sir. We played a game, I think, two months ago where we had this same kind of conversation with a similar kind of tone where it was more of just preparation of the Western Conference that they're going to look at. And I ran through the top expected like six, seven, eight teams in the West. We did not cover the Lakers. I don't think we're going to cover the Lakers today. We'll briefly mention them at the end, I guess. But we looked through and basically played a game. And I wanted you and I to both answer. Do we think that this team is either in the Suns tier, like in their class of teams or above them? And to add some more context here and everything. I know I just said I think they're going to finish first in the regular season. I'm thinking about this in totality, so I'm thinking about this regular season plus playoffs, to be clear, Okay. and that kind of thinking. So we ran through all these teams. There were two teams, and, and the reason we did this is to see how much things change in the offseason. My argument was that they're not going to get as lucky as they did last year. A whole lot's going to probably change. A couple of teams are probably going to get way better. I see a couple of teams that did get better, but dramatically better. Probably not, actually. Probably not, Kevin, which is which was another good outcome for the Suns, in my opinion. But let's run through uh, these teams. We had two teams that we said we would put above the Suns at the start of the offseason. That was the Warriors and the Clippers. Oh. We both said above. Do you maintain that stance? Who do you want to start with? We're going to run through team by team here, to be clear. Clippers, let's start there. All right, so the Clippers have, I don't want to hear any debates, they have the deepest team in the league. It's its not close. At point guard, uh, Clutch Points uh, reported this, spoke with Ty Lu a couple weeks ago. Reggie Jackson or John Wall starting, uh, that is an optimistic take on John Wall based on what we've seen the last three years, but then again, look at it from the other perspective. Does that mean that John Wall is looking a little bit like Optimus Dime a bit? We'll see. I assume the rest is going to be Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Marcus Morris, and Avika Zubac, but we'll see. After that, Reggie Jackson or John Wall comes off the bench. Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, Nicholas Batum. Brandon Boston Jr. is not bad. Robert Covington. I just got for Robert Covington at like guy 11, guy 12. And then they've got Brandon Boston Jr. They've got Jay Scrub. They've got Jason Preston. They've got Amir Coffey, who played minutes for them last year and wasn't too bad. Is there any th- part of this where you look at how it's been this time period with these guys and they haven't they made it to the Western Conference Finals, but they, it doesn't feel like they've done much that has you pause with including them in this tier, like at the top of the West? No, that's 11 deep, solid playoff rotation guys. John Wall is going to be fresh. Kawhi is going to be fresh. Paul George looked pretty good last year. I mean, they're loaded. And they fit everything about the modern NBA. And Ty Lue keeps dragging teams when they have half their guys out 
to being in the playoffs or challenging for the playoffs or going to the Western Conference Finals. So, I don't know. It's I, I buy Ty Lue stock now, and yeah. that I know that was like we overdid it with the playoff adjustments when they went to the Western Conference Finals two years ago, but they shouldn't have even been sniffing the playoffs last year. Bubble year, which was weird. I'll preface that bubble year was weird, but yeah. they lost in seven to the Nuggets. That's kind of what I was prefacing with. Yeah, but Nuggets. I share your eh because the Nuggets were that was Bubble Jamal Murray, who's one of the greatest basketball players that has ever existed ever. He was incredible. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Marcus Morris are their top three minutes played in this series. Here are the next couple of guys: Lou Williams, Zubac, who was twenty two at the time, Beverly. Jamichael Green, Montrez Harrell, 22-year-old Shamit, and then Reggie Jackson played 33 minutes in that series. He hardly played. I believe he got hurt, if I'm remembering that correctly. Terrence Mann didn't play in that series, and if you look at that top 10-11 compared to this one, it is a much, much deeper team, and there is nowhere where I'm led to believe that we should expect Kawhi Leonard or Paul George to be worse than they were in, in this season. They're a couple of years older, of course, but assuming they're healthy and I that I guess you say that for every team. So I yeah. really, I really, really liked the Norman Powell move. I yeah. think Norman Powell is really good. Yeah. And I think that if I had to pick someone for six man of the year, I'd have to look at candidates, but off the top of my head, he would be my pick. I don't think he's going to start for this team, and I think he's going to be huge offensive firepower off the bench, and then we know how this team defends. We kind of saw it last year when we were talking about them as a potential first-round matchup. We were saying, this could be really annoying because they're really, really good defensively and Ty Lue's going to do Ty Lue stuff. And then you think about it offensively. And again, offensively, if John Wall is 75% of Optimus time as a backup point guard, that's still pretty great. Batum is is a good player. If Luke Kennard figures anything out, they're good. We know Terrence Mann is good. We know Robert Covington is good at what he does. Offense, you've got more from Marcus Morris. I think Marcus Morris, we can agree, it's better when Kawhi and Paul George are around <laughs> as opposed to when only one of them is around. But yeah, they're there. Do you agree? They're above the Suns right mm-hmm. now? Yeah, they added John Wall. That was really the only kind of thing we saw. They lost Isaiah Hardenstein, but we were kind of expecting that going in anyway. He was an important part of their team offensively, but that was without Kawhi Leonard. So yeah, they're gonna yeah. they're gonna be okay. How about the Golden State Warriors? This is an interesting one because you could uh, you could go one way or the other. And what I mean by that is, I would not, I would argue, but I would not completely look down on you if you said they're in the same tier as the Suns and not above them. And it's the Clippers alone at the top. I still think they're above because I think they're... When we talk about continuity, if you're running it back with the Suns, yeah, their players are pretty good already. But the the guys who can get better on the Warriors have a lot more to get better. Like, if Jordan Poole falls off a cliff and he's just playing out of his butt the last few years, then <laughs> maybe it's a different conversation. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but like it's possible he's playing really well. Um he might get a lot more inefficient. I don't know. Get a big head. But I, I just think DiVincenzo's a pretty good ad when you're that team and mm-hmm. you have money problems. You look at Kuminga, who I thought was going to play a bigger part, and he did flash. I think he's going to be a huge part. Yeah, I, I like think him. Moses Moody, um, Ryan Rollins, the, the guy who they got in the second round, I think actually... Like if they get hurt or want to rest guys because they want to go on a deep run, I think he could play. Mm-hmm. 
and then who knows about Wiseman? Like if, if so they've so they've got Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, Looney, the same five. Yeah, the bench is a wild card, and I say that um, confidently, just based on how many swing guys they have on their team. This could be a team that is seven deep. This could be a team that's twelve or thirteen deep. I don't know yet. We'll see how guys assimilate and how guys play. I think Dante is going to be good for them. I think he's going to be great just playing alongside Clay or Steph. He's just out there with one of them. He'll do the pool thing, but in a, to a lesser degree because Pool's already that guy. He's a great defender, but he did go to Sacramento, and then it's just like he, he. I expected him to show out a little bit more and just be a little bit more of like I'm one of the three or four best players on this team, and I don't deserve to be oh, here. And then he just go kinda, to Sacramento to do if to you not go to, be good if you go to Sacramento and you blend in, that's not a good sign. But then that's again, true. we see guys leave Sacramento all the time and thrive. We know that it doesn't just, it's not just this stamp that suddenly means you're worthless. Uh, so he's in there. Jordan Poole's in there. That's seven guys right there. And then after that, you've got Ryan Rollins, who is a rookie that uh, draft, they've got a draft Twitter uh, result here. Ryan Rollins, Patrick Baldwin, and then uh, they got Travion Williams on a two way, who I believe is the Purdue big, uh, who, who does some stuff who people are excited about. But after that, so they've got, that's at guard. And then on the wing group, they've got Kuminga, they've got Moody, and then you get to like Baldwin. Yeah, I don't so know. So it's like one of Baldwin or, or one of Kuminga or Moody has to be good. Like they have to be a good player. They're going to play 20 plus minutes. Especially the if they hit like those Clippers. Like they're a weird matchup for the Clippers. There's a reason that Bielitsa was playing quite a bit when it didn't really like he's a good player, but it's yeah, he's also not playing in the NBA anymore for a reason, hey. I think can't believe we're doing shots at Nemanja. Anyway, continue. Sorry. I like Nemanja Bielitsa. I'm just saying. Okay. Otto Porter was kind of an important miss for them, or an important departure loss, for yeah. them. Uh, loss, yes. Because I look at this wing group, and I'm just like, well, one of Moody or coming in needs to be good. Like, they just need to be. And then yeah. it would help if two of them were the one or the other two guys was good. Uh, I like the big man rotation. They've got Michael Green who will slot in there and play some small ball five and then who knows on Wiseman. I don't think they need him to pan out and then I think Williams could play right away too. I really liked what I saw out of him when I was um, fawning over Jaden Ivey. So, I don't know. I, I say above but I say it hesitantly with less um, less there because again, Steph, Clay, Draymond, like this is the tail end. It's it's the tail end for them. Clay didn't Again, he, he was Steph great. did take a lot of, just, that's a lot of run on that guy, and he's getting up there. Played a lot of games. Clay will be interesting. I don't think we can take away anything necessarily that his career is winding down, just because that's some significant injuries where you're going to take a year to get back, but, yeah. Draymond 32, Steph 34, Clay last year, just, again, maybe this is the post-Achilles thing that we see where it takes a while, and then he gets it back, but defensively is that part of his game in terms of being not only just a really great defender, but a pretty good one. I think that those days are gone now. They're ahead and, of and the that, Suns because they went to yeah. things deeper. Oh, yeah. They're above series. them. But I'm, I'm, I'm adding some hesitancy. Okay. Hesitancy. That's fair. We'll run through the last teams a little bit uh, quicker here to get you out of here. Not too late. I'm sorry. I keep you. You're good. Keep you late here. But like, I don't want to talk about the Kings. No, we don't have to. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to mention three teams. These are the three teams that you and I both said are on the Suns tier right now. And this is kind of where, to me, 
if they came up against the Suns in a playoff series, I would feel like they had a real shot. Okay. Now, I think I would pick the Suns to beat all three of these teams in a playoff series. Uh, two of them. Maybe one. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see how the year goes. Okay, we got Memphis. Oh, yeah. Denver and New Orleans. These are the three teams we said are with them. Let's start just really quickly. Do you think any of these three teams moved above the Suns? You would need a Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, or fully healthy endorsement from Denver, right? Yeah, they're close, but Pelicans are... <sighs> Same thing with Zion, I guess. Like, If you say he's ready to go, he's in great shape, preseason random stuff, once that happens, I might do that in a couple weeks. Because the Suns didn't... Like, how good are the Pelicans going to be? How, how, how bad could they be? What's their worst case if Zion's playing? I, I think, yeah, I think, they're, I think they're at least a playoff team no matter what. They're not a playing team. They're not going to be in that mess. I think they're going to be really, really, really good. If I had to pick right now over under... It, it doesn't help it, me in my head that Willie Green was on the Suns and then he left and they got worse. If you're holding my family hostage, gun to my head, and I have to, <laughs> I have a one and a half over under on the amount of Pel- uh, playoff series the Pelicans are going to win this year, I think I would say over. Yeah. If I had to gamble on it, I would say over. Yeah. I would pick them to make the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. I... Maybe we're so. buying too much into the six games we saw in the Willie Green sauce, but I don't think we are. I think that there's something. I want to see that. I mean, they were playing well against the, every other team. It wasn't just like a good matchup against the Suns. The way that we reacted to the bubble is the way that we are also reacting to that six game series, I think, and just how they've looked in the season. Yeah, but the bubble said a lot. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Okay. Because okay. I just made a pretty audacious claim that I think a lot of people are going to find crazy that. Ah, that team's really good. I don't know if I would pick them to make the Western Conference Finals. To be clear, but again, gun to head, if I had to absolutely say with certainty one way or the other, I would I would lean that way. Hey, Kevin. Yeah. What is Memphis doing? Ah, what have they done? Exactly. Yeah. So they got David Roddy, who's like a six foot six center, stocked up on more dudes in the draft again. Shout out to them. Um, Ahmad Kaver got signed on like an exhibition, uh, Exhibit 10, Summer Sun, or a two-way, one mm-hmm. of those two. I'm not sure. They did not make any additions in free agency. Uh, they made a move. Uh, they they traded D'Anthony Melton, who's really good at basketball and is probably in that, not probably, he is in that conversation with Norman Powell already for like six man of the year favorites in Philly. I think he's going to be awesome yeah there he might even i don't know if he's gonna start there maybe he starts there um we'll see how that goes over there but they got danny Greenback, who i'm not sure is, will even play this year i think there's some concern there the only the only kind of tick up is zaire williams if he like takes a big leap or something near two. other than that I don't know. I guess my uh, boy... green tour green tour is ACL and his LCL to be clear. Okay, so yeah, I, I don't no. I don't think he's playing this year. Okay, just to be clear on what we're talking about here, the starting five: Morant, Bain, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr. Not on opening night though because he's going to miss some time, and Stephen Adams. And then after that, you've got Tyus Jones who they brought back. That was good. Conchar's back. Zaire Williams, Brandon Clark, Xavier Tillman. And then after that, you've got the draft Twitter All-Stars. You've got <laughs> Tyrell Terry they brought in. They, they got Kennedy Chandler in this year's draft. Shaquille Harrison is, is over there, I guess, on their, on their, um, 
on their training camp roster at least. Uh, Jake LaRavia, who is someone I mentioned on the podcast pre-draft, who I liked. I loved Vince Williams out of ECU. They got him. Oh, yeah. David Roddy. You and I were both kind of eh but a lot of people really like him. Kenny Lofton Jr. You're uh, the biggest Kenny Lofton yeah. Jr. fan in the world. They've also got Santi Aldama, who had like that really good game against the Suns when everyone rested and the Grizzlies whooped them, and we were like, what, what was that? And it turned out we should have looked into that a little bit more, but anyway... <laughs> Aldama is the guy who they drafted in the late first round last year who like could play for them this year. And then they've got Killian Tilly, who everyone loves, too, uh, and everyone being draft Twitter. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna... just really surprised. They lose Kyle Anderson. They don't replace him. They've got all these like all these things that they could move, obviously, and really upgrade the roster and really add a top four, five, six, seven and go for it. But they're like, no, we're doing it. It appears to me, at least, Kevin, the way I interpret it, they're like, no, we're this is a five, seven, nine year thing that we're doing here. And we're not going to, like any of them, we're not going to move any of them. Yeah. Small market operating, but who knows if they're like the Suns where they're just kind of waiting for some star to be like, wait, I could go there. That'd be fun. I would put them below the Suns, but John Moran exists. Yeah. He might. I don't trust Jaron Jackson's health either necessarily, but yeah, like even if Bain got a lot better, Zaire Williams got a lot better, that would help them. I just don't know how much off-the-bounce stuff is going to be taken off jaw. Um, yeah, I I actually might move them. Uh, they should be with the Suns. Yeah, that's fair. John Moran is plus 1,400 for MVP. Those are the ninth best odds. Uh, nah, no. If you're, if you're the type. You're saying no? Oh, no. I'm saying, yeah. That, I'm saying if you're just like if you want to put like a five dollar ticket down somewhere and see what happens. Like yes, that would that I would agree. be the, that would be a five dollar. I think ticket they're just dangerous because of that dude. Yeah, Denver. We can quickly roll through. I think what uh, I was alluding to is that I really liked their offseason quite a bit. I really liked it. This team to me, we watched that game one against the Suns, and we were like, we went in that series and we're like. Oh man, you guys don't have anyone who can guard Devin Booker and Chris Paul. That's bad. Like not even anyone who can put up like resistance. That's bad. Aaron Gordon maybe, but then the shape of your defense, like putting a power forward out on a guard, like you're that's not something you do all the time. Anyway, he's not like Ben Simmons where he's everywhere all year. They make the trade for Contavious Caldwell Pope, which I've always been a bigger fan of him than you. I really liked the way that he played in the Lakers series against the Suns. I thought that he was pretty good defensively against Devin Booker, and I think that he's a he pretty, got hurt. He did. He he's a pretty good defender, and they just needed a good defender on this in this like top six, seven, whatever. And then they add Bruce Brown too off the bench, which I don't know how he got the taxpayer mid level exception. I don't, I don't know how that. Have works. I brought up the? I'm gonna just lose it when Jokic is the ball handler and Bruce Brown screens for him and rolls and the like seven foot huge guy just like finds a six foot four rim roller guy. I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm really excited to watch them play next year. But too. he's a good defender too, right? By the way, the taxpayer mid level exception is what John Wall got. The Suns haven't even. Oh, just to just to be clear uh, here on that resource and how much teams how how valuable it is and why we've been talking about it over and over and over again. So now they're starting five: Jamal Murray, Contavious Caldwell Pope. A healthy Michael Porter Jr. question mark? A healthy Jamal Murray question mark? Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic. They brought Jeff Green back. At center, they've got DeAndre Jordan. I hope Zeke Nagy <laughs> can I hope play. Zeke Jeff Green can ready. play small ball. Davon Reed had a nice little resurgence of his career last yeah. year, and they brought him back. He's going to be a rotation guy for them. And then 
Let me tell you something, brother. It's Bones Highland Bones season. Time. It's Bones Highland season. Yeah. Monte Morris is maybe the best backup point guard in the league, and they were like, mm. no. We're Bones, time. Bones time. Bones time. Ish Smith time. Congrats to Ish Smith for being on, what, record number of teams, I think. Yeah, and he's a fine little, and I like Colin Gillespie, too. It's just like a little, we're going to add a couple. Of, there's a couple of bodies here at backup point guard if in case the Bones thing turns out to be too volatile, but I don't think it will be. We had a podcast in like late March where I was like, Kevin, have you seen this DeMarcus Cousins thing in Denver? And I think that it was less of a DeMarcus Cousins thing and more of a Bones Highland thing where their net rating for their second unit just exploded once Boogie got there. And I think that was, again, more of a more of a Bones thing and him figuring it out. He's legit. I really like Denver a lot this year if they're healthy, but you have to have the qualifier. So I say they're with them. New Orleans, we can briefly touch on this just because we've talked about them so much on this podcast before they didn't really do anything um r.i.p to the beef boys lineup ej liddell and uh zion williamson i I hope ej heals up well i was really excited to just see him in the nba in general and it sucks that he's out ditto to chet holmgren same similar thing there where i was super excited to watch him play next year and he's out they didn't really do anything uh they didn't really need to no I wouldn't. I wouldn't deal with anything. Like They've that. got nine guys. They've got C.J. McCollum, Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Jonas, Larry Nance, Jackson Hayes, Devonte Graham, Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado, Dyson Daniels. Is, well, yeah, they haven't done. Anything They've got since. two where it's like last year's Warriors, where like if Kaminga or Moody are ready, like if Kyra Lewis or Dyson Daniels is good next year, it would be a huge boost for them. Look at this. This is not your point guards. This is like just all their wings. Herb Jones, mm-hmm. Brandon Ingram, obviously. Yep. But then you got Trey Murphy. That's three. Dyson Daniels. Four. I guess these guys, are, Devontae Graham's not really a wing, but he's like. No, he's not. I Yeah. I put Dyson Daniels in there. He's a point guard, quote unquote, but he's he's, he's, gonna he's a sizable wing. Yeah. Najee Marshall. I count him. I like Najee Marshall. And then EJ Liddell if he was healthy. Yeah. Oh, man. Sad. That team's good. It seems really, really good, and I think that's the point is that you and I feel very strongly about how good the Suns are going to be next year, and there are five teams that you and I believe are at least at their level, if not above. What what that means, Kevin, is math. Uh, eight teams make the playoffs. You could play one of those teams in the first round. That's what I mean by that. So I think more than ever, it is really important for them to get the one or the two next year. I don't think it really mattered last year, year before. It matters now. I think it matters a lot now because I think that we could see four or five teams win 50 games. Poor OKC and Houston are just going to get slaughtered yeah. in this conference, just get obliterated. The Kings yeah. could have been could be fun in like the East or something maybe, but they're not going to be having too much fun. Do we need in, to talk about Dallas? We should probably talk about in Dallas. The West. I was about to say, so just that is because, you know, they lost to that team. You and I, you and I. Do you and I agree that there is the cutoff at six and then there's a pretty big drop off after that? What Do are we at agree? right now? Are we at six? We're at six. We've got the Warriors and the Clippers above the Suns. That's two. And then with the Suns, we've got Memphis, Denver, and New Orleans. That's six right there. Six. We have not even talked about the team that made the biggest move in the West this offseason in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. I think we're, when we hit Dallas and Minnesota, that's the eight. Here's Dallas, mm-hmm. Luca, Timmy, 
Timmy's off the bench. I'm sorry. They, they've got him listed as a starter here on the site we're using. It'll be Spencer Dinwiddie uh, because Sham Shrani made sure to include that <laughs> in his schedule an, an announcement. Lucas, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, Reggie Bullock, and JaVale McGee. That's your five. I like that five. It's a pretty good five. I think you're missing Jalen Brunson quite a bit. It's a pretty good five. Yeah. Timmy, Timmy Hardaway Jr., one of my favorites in the league. Love Timmy. Josh Green, Kevin, the, like him, but Frankie Lakina. Yeah. Okay, we'll just move on from the the wings. Christian Wood. Yeah. Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleba, Davis Bertans. They, they they got too many. They had large, a good plan, but they, they got too many large men. Yeah, too many they large can't men. Can't play all of them. They're versatile with that group now, but it still doesn't answer the rotation question of depth. Yeah, I think I think they are going to run into trouble in terms of the wing group, in terms of how when the playoffs roll around, like this is gonna be this could be a really good regular season team because then you're playing all five of those guys, and by five of those guys, I think you and I agree. Would Bertons for what he is, to be clear. Big flashing sign for what he is. Not saying Davis Bertons is is a world beater. JaVale McGee, Dwight Powell, Max Kluge, like those are five good players. You can only play two of those guys, maybe three in the postseason. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just with the way the game's moving. That's it. And, and again, on the wing, these are the names listed on the roster. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, Reggie Bullock, Josh Green, Theo Pinson, Frank Nielakina, and that's pretty much it. I'm not going to let you say Jaden Hardy or Tyler Dorsey's a wing. No. Yeah, I, I feel good about putting them below. Yeah. Luka Doncic could win MVP next year. He's in that group with me with Ja where he could just absolutely annihilate and maybe they're excellent in the regular season, but I think that come playoff time, that wing thing is going to be an issue. But if they're an eight seed, that's a tough eight seed. To your point earlier about the Suns could lose if they won the, and that's the eight seed. Like that's it, the same team almost. It's just one wing. If they could find a team, yeah. and I know centers are centers and wings are wings, but if they could just flip Dwight Powell for for a wing that plays fifteen, find their Tory Craig, because you and I, I, everyone listening, like. I don't know how you could watch that Dow series and not love the way Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock played. They were incredible in that yeah. series. They were awesome. Timmy is in that group as well, but ball handlers? Poor. I, I didn't even get to wait. I, I was focusing on wings, ball handlers. They got Dinwiddie's going to take on a lot more this season without Jalen, but... You want to know my hot take? Hmm. I don't know, this, is, this isn't a hot take, but just based on what, the way they're building the team, I think they need to flip one of their bigs for that wing and then have Dinwiddie come off the bench. Because I think, man, Dinwiddie's going to have to play like 36 minutes a night or something. Like I, I just don't see yeah. where they fill in the time. Timmy's going to do more on the ball, maybe? Probably. Hmm. It's helpful, but not necessarily creation guy. The, oh, I like their offseason more now that I actually look at their roster winner for me of the offseason uh the minnesota timberwolves and what i mean by that kevin they filled in the gaps kind of well here is their five d'angelo russell anthony edwards kyle anderson welcome aboard he's listed as starting small forward maybe it's going to be Jaden mcdaniel still we'll see uh carl anthony towns rudy gobert and then off the bench uh they've got nas reed your boy big nas reed guy kevin zerman if you didn't know that mm-hmm. eric pascal yeah sure Love that. Uh, don't Google Torian Prince right now. He's in trouble. Oh. 
Jaden McDaniels or Kyle Anderson, one of those two. Wendell Moore Jr., a Empire of the Suns 2022 NBA Draft All-Star. We love Wendell Moore around here. Jalen Noel, Kevin, we still believe, and he's been okay for them. Yeah. Austin Rivers as your one of yeah. your guards off the bench? I'm Serviceable. Okay. Bryn don't, Forbes? Don't let him dribble too much. Bryn Forbes? Bryn Forbes? Bryn Forbes. Jordan, Jordan McLaughlin's good. I think this team has got a chance to actually be, again, to go to New Orleans. I think that they've got upside to make it to, to win two playoff series, maybe even three. I think they've got that kind of upside because... Ant could just again he's obviously a tier below a couple tiers below Luca and Jaw right now, but he could explode at any moment and just take over the league. He's that talented. I just don't I don't think it's gonna work. I don't know what it's gonna look, yeah. No idea what it's gonna look like. I don't think it's gonna work. Carl can play power forward, that's fine, but you re- do you remember the game that they played this year where he took like twelve threes and he was just out there the whole time? Yeah. Just out there the whole game. But, like, I, that's a problem because now it's like, oh... You, now you want him to do that. Yeah, but now it's like, oh, you want him to match up against the smaller guy? That's easier for us, and that screws up... I, I guess not every team has a center. And now he's going to get stuck on the perimeter more, which is what I'm saying is a bad thing. Right. Like, the, the Suns had this game they played against Minnesota. It was before the Jay Crowder too small game where Towns was just stuck out there and just shooting threes. And I was like, what's happening? Like, he could yeah. dominate this game at any second. He's just out there. And now he's kind of got to be out there because Gobert's doing screen assist thing and he can't be in the middle. And I don't get how it works. And it's not as simple as Carl Anthony Towns is a 40% three-point shooter. It's just not that simple with something like this. It's not. I'm fascinated to watch it, but I cannot sit here and say... If I had to pick a playing team out of all of these, I know a lot of people are like dark horse pick is Memphis. Too much John Moran stock for me. I would pick Minnesota. I just don't don't see it. And again, I look at their roster on paper. I love it. Except the dynamic down there at yeah. power forward and center. Everything else I love, but I have no idea like driving lanes for Ant and that sort of thing. I know even if Cat's spacing, I don't know. It's weird. It's funky. I appreciate trying new things, I guess. I like Kyle Anderson on this team, but why on earth would you add anyone who might not shoot yeah. when you have Rudy Gobert as your center? Like, it's just a yeah. Oh, man. I... CJ Ellaby, low-key, <laughs> great hair, amazing hair, top NBA hair. Luka Garza, also. All right, here are the teams yeah. that we have left. Uh, we can p- each pick one that we want to discuss to close out here. Okay. One of us has to pick the Lakers, Kevin. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. We've got Oklahoma City, Portland, Utah, mm, no, the Sacramento Kings, the Houston Rockets, and the San Antonio Spurs, and the Lakers. We'll do the Lakers at the very end. We each get one. That's not fair. To can I get Rockets? Us. I Wait. don't want to talk about... You sure can. Oklahoma City is like the same thing, and I would have talked about them if Chet was not hurt, maybe, but mm-hmm. let me scroll up. Hang on. Houston's fun, Kellen. They're very fun. I'm looking forward to watching them. They might be miserable still, but yep. I'm going to talk about them. Jalen Green. Pretty good. Josh Christopher. Great actor. <laughs> kind of plays point guard now. I don't know. Have you seen Tar Eason stuff? Did I get you on the Tar Eason Hive train? Kind of. Kind of? I'm in. I'm in. 
does he flash playing on a team with like guys like Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green? No. I don't know if he fits that. No, but I... But he's but, like a winning guy. But I got two. I'm two in. I'm all in on Shen Goon's stuff. Yeah. They have Boban, too. Yep. Trills in there. Willie Cauley-Stein. Yeah. KJ Martin's fun. Like, they... We'll see if Jabari Smith has, as the kids say, that dog in him. Yeah. Which is, I'm joking, but it's also, he if he's like an alpha, if he is a dominant personality, which he is clearly not, but if he can tri- like find that on the, on court, the court at least, yeah. he's going to be a fantastic basketball player, but it's just a question of... And if this team... Here's the thing. I hated that pick at first, fit-wise, because I was like, he's just going to like never have the ball on this team, and I was mm-hmm. like, he needs to be somewhere where he needs to demand the ball, and he's going to need to demand the ball when Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen <laughs> Green are your starting backcourt. Like, he's going to need to demand the ball. I, I like I like Silas. Yeah, I like Silas. I don't know... Like, that's why I'm so intrigued, because I think Silas can connect with those dudes. And I don't know, just when I watched them, they had something to them that was kind of like Devin Booker had something to him, but they have like a couple more guys. They just can't. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing still, but it's fun. I didn't really sell that team. Your turn. No, you sold them as watch them on League Pass, but do not expect anything. <laughs> and here are like nine names. We didn't. Did we mention Jay Sean Tate? Who's just no? I should. He's the PJ Tucker, all first team PJ Tucker. Get him on a good team, yeah. So he can do good team stuff. Yeah. Uh, he rules. I love Jay Sean Tate. My team, mystery team, until I start naming players. Can I get to eight guys here? Can I do it? Here we go. I'm gonna try. One, Damian Lillard. That's a good start. Oh, no. It's a good start. Okay, can I get to eight? Here we go. I'm going to try. Here we go. I'm going to say Anthony Simons is two. I'm going to say it. Okay. He was, he's clearly got a lot of potential, but in terms of winning basketball, like, is he ready for that? I'm not sure. Josh Hart, three. I'll let myself do it. That's fine. Jeremy Grant, four. Jeremy Grant's good. Yusuf Nurkic, five. Okay. Man, you're only at five. Gary Payton the second in in a uh, more pronounced role as a backup guard playing alongside Dame guarding guys doing glue gu- guy stuff hopefully they have spacing around him because oh. it was the freaking Warriors so that wasn't a problem over there is it Keon Johnson time <laughs> is it Shane on sharp time I don't know maybe I like Nasir Little we both like Nasir Little Justice Winslow career resurgence Justice Winslow mm. Yeah, I, I have no idea about okay. Shane Sharp. That's the only guy. I didn't know like, how I was going to feel about that exercise after it, and I wanted to test it. I don't feel good about it, but I want to believe in the Blazers. What happened to Shane Sharp? I want to. Did he like sprain his ankle or something at the first? He barely played. He got hurt. Yeah. I can't remember okay. the extent of the injury. I, I never got the hype on there. You never understood it watching the watching the well, tapes. Well, I didn't get to watch him because he got hurt. Oh, okay, he he had crazy stuff. Yeah crazy stuff uh he's been cleared as of two weeks okay ago. okay okay so he's so he's all good they are thin so they are they are thin that's the thing like can i get to eight guys is kind of a joke already because if you only have eight guys you kind of sort of believe in that's probably not a good sign but if they can get to eight guys dame is again he's damian lillard he's been first team all nba i think like Every year he's been healthy now for like three years in a row. I shouldn't say that out loud without looking at it. But Dame is, Dame is 
to me, when everyone mentions like their top six, seven players in the league, people just don't remember to say him. And it's like, why don't people remember to say him? He's Damian Lillard to me. I, I just, I don't know. I think he's there. Okay. I was off base. Um, second team, all NBA 2015, 16, 16, 17, I think is when he had an injury, some injuries kind of come across or something. No, he played 75 games. He just had an off year of 27 a game on really good efficiency, I guess. I don't know. They weren't winning games. 17, 18, first team All-NBA. 18, 19, second team All-NBA. 19, 20, second team All-NBA. 20, 21, second team All-NBA. He has been one of the two to four best guards in basketball for a half decade now. See no reason why that's going to stop. And if you can just have enough around him, you can make... You can make something happen in terms of being in the mix in the plane at the very, very least. Yeah. But they really need, like, one of Keon Johnson, Shade on Sharp. They need Nasir Little. Trendon Watford was when those Portland teams were god awful without Dame. He kind of flashed a little bit. They got Jabari Walker out of Colorado, Samaki Walker's kid, your boy, a Pac 12 alum. If they got the 10, let's say Minnesota is still clunky at the end of the season, yeah. But that doesn't scare me. I'm not walking out of the stock market, like waving my ticket around and being like, look at all the Portland Trailblazer stock I have, but I'm sliding it into my pocket. I'm they're, just, well, no, I'm just yeah, walking out with it a little bit. If they're healthy, they're respectable. Like, they're a competitive team. If I had to pick, okay, we'll talk about the Lakers right now. Okay. But to tease it, if you had to pick the two other teams, so you got Minnesota is the team on the outside. You got Dallas is the team on the outside. Does anyone else even come to mind for you? Or is it a strip? As far as like making play in or just like a drop off? Is there a steep drop off there? Is it not as much as you'd like to think? After Minnesota and Dallas? Yeah. So it's all the teams we just talked about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would be very surprising if any other team made the playoffs besides those eight. Like the The Kings have some dudes, but. I'm. Putting in the LeBron James clause right now. We have to talk about the Lakers. I'm sorry. Yeah. You can turn it off now if you want to. We're basically done. But. This team has LeBron James on it. This team has Anthony Davis on it. So we need to mention them briefly. One preview in the Western Conference. At guard. (laughs) I'm going to put a asterisk here and say they have Patrick Beverly. And then whatever they get for Russell Westbrook in a trade. I still. I I don't think they're trading that dude, by the way. Am I in? I think I'm in the grand minority. Or they just release him or wave him or buy buy out agreement which doesn't make sense because he makes a gazillion dollars okay they've just got patrick beverly i'll say that at the other guard spot i'm going to pencil in austin reeves as their starter i'm going to pencil him in lonnie walker's over there too troy brown jr is over there they've got max christie who they took in the first round they got lebron they got anthony davis and then at center they've got like a okay like damian jones or thomas bryant sure like okay, next to LeBron James and Anthony Davis, like that could it could work is what I'm saying. They have ten NBA players on their team. I'm counting right now. Kendrick Nunn existing this I'm year. I'm counting him would be would be a good idea. But rotation, playoff, deep, mildly deep semifinals when you're cutting your let's, rotation let, down. Yeah, let's have the conversation no one's having because everyone just writes them off. Everyone okay. looks at injuries and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to give you the benefit, Kevin. I'm going to tell you LeBron James and Anthony Davis are healthy. We're going into the playoffs. Can they win a playoff series? Does Troy Brown shoot? Not really. Does Thomas Bryant shoot? You know who shoots, Kev? 
I know who shoots. Lonnie shoots. That's who shoots. Austin Reeves shoots. LeBron... My favorite part about LeBron's trajectory is he used to not take, like, even 15-footers when he's left wide open. <laughs> yeah. Like, when and, he first got to Miami, I think it was their first run against Dallas. Dallas was just like, yeah, you can have the three-point line to the 15-foot spot if you want to shoot any of there. That there. Pistons game is when he just, like, made all his jumpers, but that yeah. didn't happen a lot. Yeah. And then, like, now he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to fire eight threes and I'll probably make half of them. <laughs> I... Some would say he, Kevin. He has realized not only is it like made him better as a player, but he's like, oh yeah, I just got to shoot on this team. Which last season he was just like, nope, I I just got to do it. Some would say he's the best ever do it, Kevin. Some would. Um, man, that team's a mess. So now you can't get there. Russ, Lonnie, LeBron, AD. Do they play AD at center? Let's say even that happens. Let's say Juan T. Is Juan T starting? Darvin Ham's a good coach. I'll give you that, too. I guess you would have to start Thomas Bryant because he's pretty good. I can't even fill out, like, a strong five, though. Yeah, that's a problem. Because it's so clunky. Like, I want Anthony Davis to be the center, but then LeBron James power forward. I guess you do Lonnie and Austin Reeves and... No. Westbrook, Beverly. I have to count this crap. Let's say Austin Reeves, LeBron, AD... I don't like You want me to answer the question for you? Yeah. Sorry. Who guards Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? Oh, does Troy Brown Jr. do that? Who guards Devin Wante. Booker and Chris Paul? Juan T does one. Um, Devin Booker, Patrick Beverly, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook. Who guards Ja Moran and Desmond Bain? Beverly, Lonnie. Who guards CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram? Beverly, Lonnie? Yeah, I think we answered the question there. I, I have hesita- <laughs> I have too many hesitations defensively. To they were a mess last year defensively. I cannot say I was watching a lot of their games because we were on play and watch, and their defense. And they the had end the, of the best year, defensive coach there. when their season was on the line. Their defense was just a disaster. Just the amount of leakouts, like lazy closeouts, all this kind of stuff. Just a mess, absolute mess. Their roster is same as last year. It doesn't make sense. They should probably fix that. They had a roster that made sense, and then for some reason they thought they'd blow that up. There are a step up, there are a step up Portland where I I can get to eight guys, and it's mostly because I like like I like Lonnie Walker. Obviously, everyone knows that I, I like Austin Reeves. I've always been I hate to say this out loud on this podcast because people will hate me forever for saying it. I've always been an admirer of Patrick Beverly and how he is come to be in this league and found a role, and how he always contributes to winning basketball. He does it in ways I don't always agree with, Kevin. <laughs> it's not about how he goes about it. It's the results you improve. You you like the results. Awesome defender, good shooter, underrated, smart guy with the ball stuff. His assists went way up in Minnesota, and he did it just fine. Thomas Bryant, if he could play against DeAndre Ayton for 82 games, <laughs> it would go great for him. His numbers against DeAndre Ayton are basically DeAndre Ayton's numbers. Kendrick Dunn was good at a certain point. Like, I can get to eight guys. Like, it's yeah. in that Portland group, but it's it's tough to get there. It's tough to get there. Okay, buddy. I kept you way too long. It was a good but talk. and This was a perfect, uh, a a long a long boy like this was a perfect way to send off until boy. the Suns make a trade or until uh, the week of media day, probably, is what we're going to go with. Hey, maybe FIBA will produce something for us. Maybe yeah. Dario Saric goes on an MVP run maybe in Croatia. Maybe he becomes that post-up power for the Suns we're <laughs> looking for. We didn't mention it. 
Uh, I didn't mention it. I should have when we talked about it. Very, Dario looks great. He looks like he's in the best shape of his life. He's like quickness wise moving way better. He looks great. He has that man bun. Everything's working for him. Everything's yeah. working for him. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoy your next couple of weeks here. I'll just jinx it. So the Suns make a trade. So we're back, I guess. Uh, if they do, we'll be back. If not, uh, we'll probably most likely see you guys the week of me. That's the last week of September, by the way. I should have said that earlier, but media day should be somewhere around there. Uh, maybe like third week of September, third or fourth week. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back then and we'll see you. Bye bye.